Shalom. Welcome to Pathfinder's Messianic Bible Study. I'm your host and teacher, Scott Norris, once again with you again to share with you the living word of Adonai. And we have been continuing in a series of lost identity beyond the rivers of Cush, uh, part five. Okay, so uh, previous sections I taught on the scattered sheep of the house of Israel, their migration into Africa. And then we talked about their migrations even into West Africa throughout the entire African continent. And then from there and through the transatlantic slave trade. So we're going to continue into that, um, more or less bringing the uh, scattered sheep and their scattering into the Americas and, and, and what that means what it looks like um so let's let's get ready to uh dig once again into the word of adonai okay so um we're going to deal with the hebrew experience in america south america and the caribbean from our previous segments we understand that enslaved africans arrived on ships to places like brazil colombia mexico cuba Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and America. And we came via prophecy uh, given to Israel that they would be taken captive and scattered as slaves throughout the world. Deuteronomy 28 and 68 states, The Lord will bring you into Egypt again with ships by the way of which I, am, I spoke to you. You will see it no more again, and there you will be sold to your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man will buy or redeem you, or no man will redeem you out of that circumstance. Israel would essentially be cut off and exiled from the promised land and scattered and exiled not only physically from Israel, but mentally and spiritually. And what's interesting is the word Egypt in Hebrew is Mitzrayim, which literally refers, makes reference to a place of bondage. In the aforementioned places of which we have been scattered to, the Hebrews, the descendants of enslaved Africans, are still to this day living out the, cu the curses of dysfunction prophesied through Moses in Deuteronomy 28. And over the last eight years, I would say, um, you know, what's come to the forefront big time is the issue of police brutality. Um, against Hebrews of African descent, particularly in America. Um, and with that, there's been a reigniting of the awareness of oppression and all the side effects that it has, uh, and all of its side effects. And, and that has become like the headline on many platforms, various platforms, various media platforms. Um, now the discussion is once again being forced. And I think the Lord is trying to get us to see something here. Black Lives Matter has become a hot topic around the world. Black Lives Matter organizations have also formed around the world in places like Brazil and even Israel. So we can see that there's, there's this concurrent similar theme of AKA black people or Hebrews globally, worldwide, the same issues of oppression, the same issues of police brutality. What can all of this mean? The symptoms of oppression are discussed. Some of those symptoms being things like poverty and over incarceration, 
um, you know, discrimination, housing discrimination, lack of employment, etc., living conditions, health conditions, all these things come to the forefront. And with it, we hear constantly the things of systemic um, uh, racism or systemic oppression. And so we hear about the symptoms a lot. A lot of these things are being discussed. However, rarely are the real sources of these problems ever addressed. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 45. Moreover, all these curses will come upon you and I will pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not listen to the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. Verse 46, and they will be upon you for a sign and for a wonder and upon your seed forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and with goodness of heart for the abundance of all things. So the real issue is lawlessness or Torahlessness. Okay, a lot of times when you see that word law used in your Bible, it was a bad translation of the word Torah. Torah does not necessarily mean law, but teaching or instructions, commandments. It refers to the statutes and commandments of Adonai, specifically mentioned in the first five books of the Bible. But the issues are a direct correlation to Israel's digression and transgression from the law, from the Torah. Okay, a disconnect with the Messiah and with the, with the Lord of Lord and King of King, a rejection of Adonai's commands. Um, many in the church preach a lawless gospel. We say things like the law is done away with, you know, but Yeshua says something interesting. He said, not one jot, not one tittle shall perish from the law until all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one jot or tittle from the law. So that's interesting. He said, I didn't come to do away with the Torah, but to fulfill it. Fulfill means to preach it, to preach it fully, to live it out and truly preach it the way that it should be preached. But yet we preach, even in our churches, a lawless gospel. Isaiah 42, verse 22. But this is a people robbed and looted, all of them trapped in holes, hidden away in prisons, and, you know, we talk about how our people are uh, overrepresented in the prison population, not just here in America, but you go down to South America, it's the same thing. Overrepresented in the prison population, they have become a prey with no one to deliver them and plunder with no one to say, give them back. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will listen and heed um, Heed hereafter. Who gave Jacob to the looter, Israel to the plunderers? Was it not Adonai? Have we not sinned against him? In his ways they were unwilling to walk, and in his Torah, his law, they did not obey. So he poured out on him the fury of his anger and the fierceness of battle. It blazed all around him, yet he did not understand it. It burned him, yet he did not take it to heart. Amen. So we can see the source of our situation is a result of our rebellion against Adonai's commandments. 
If we were to look at Isaiah 5 and 13, I'll read that briefly. Therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Our problems of inequality are rooted in our disconnect with our covenant with the Most High. So at best the issue is a spiritual one. It is truly a spiritual issue that we're dealing with. Justice must therefore be sought through seeking our Heavenly Father both day and night. Luke 18 and verse 6 talks about the parable of the unjust judge. And then Yeshua said something profound. He said, then he said, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge is saying. Won't God do justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he be slow to help them? I tell you, he will, he will act quickly. He will, give, he will quickly give them justice. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Faith in Hebrew is the word umanah. Umanah means loyalty, devotion, and trust. Someone committed to Yeshua, his words, and his will. John 2 and verse 5 says what? Whatever he does, tells you to do, do it. And so, in order to find justice, we have to be a people committed to seeking out the Lord for his justice. We got to be seeking to be committed to his ways. That whatever he tells us to do, we are willing to do it. He says what? If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Prayer requires humility. Prayer to pray in Hebrew is the word lehit palel. It literally means to judge oneself. Prayer, a palel, to speak to, and, and that word palel is two uh, Hebrew letters known as the lamed. Lamed is a picture of a staff. A staff represents authority. So two lameds is like to the lamed of lamed, the authority of authority. So when you're praying, you're talking to the one who has all power and all authority. And when you're praying, you're lehit palel, you're judging yourself. In other words, there should be some self-reflection when you're praying, when you're in the presence of the Most High. Why? The Spirit of God brings about conviction. The Spirit of God helps to reveal us where we have strayed and where we have transgressed and where we need to walk and where we need to be. Prayer is not so much for God, but it is for us. So it's beneficial for us to pray. Prayer requires us to submit to the staff of our holy shepherd and king. Luke verse 18, verse 13. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, wouldn't even lift his eyes toward heaven, but beat his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you this, man, rather than the other one, went down to his home declared righteous for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but the one who humbles himself will be exalted and so in our quest for justice are we simply looking at the ones who have committed the injustice or are we looking to us who have committed 
and justice against the Most High? Are we really examining the true conditions of our heart, Israel? Are we really looking to see, are we truly upholding the covenant given to us by the Most High? Are we lahit palel? Are we praying with a sense of judging ourselves? A sinner is someone who violates the law, the Torah. First John 3 and 4. Everyone practicing sin also practices lawlessness. Indeed, sin is lawlessness or being without the Torah. Can we judge rightly that our condition is a spiritual one? That it is a result of us remaining lawless without Torah? We must admit that we have become just like the prodigal son. Like Esau, he didn't value his inheritance his birthright, but squandered it away with wild living. If we were to look at Luke chapter uh, 15, verses 11 through 13, and I'm going to turn there, Luke 15, verses 11 through 13, and it reads, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, you must now give me the part of the property that belongs to me. And he divided the property between them. And after many days, once he had collected everything, the younger son went on a journey to a faraway country, and there he squandered his wealth, living wildly. Verse 14, And after he spent everything freely, a severe famine came throughout that country, and he began to be lacking. And then he went and was joined with one of the citizens of that country, which then sent him into his, field, his fields to feed pigs. And he was desiring to be filled with the carrot pobs, which the pigs were eating, but no one was giving him any. And when he came to himself and said, how many hired hands of my father abound in food, but I'm dying here in famine. When I get up, I shall go to my father and I shall say to him, Father, I sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. You must take me as one of your hired hands. So, the son we see here was driven into a far country. What he was, that's a picture of being scattered. He was scattered into a far distant land, you know, into a Gentile land, a land of captivity. And he was there doing menial labor. He squandered away his inheritance. He had lost his connection with his father because the inheritance is something the Bible says a good man lays down, uh, passes down wealth to his children's children, passes down an inheritance to his children's children. So he lost his connection with his father. He was driven away into a far country. He was now doing menial labor. It's all a picture of a, of a person under affliction, under oppression, under captivity, under bondage, someone sold off into captivity. And um, he was doing menial labor just to survive. But while in this humiliating condition, he awakens to his senses and begins to understand that the condition he is in is a result of a separation from his father, that he's separated from his father's wisdom and instructions from being out of his father's presence. And he comes to him and says, wait a second, 
I need to come back to my father and say, Father, I've sinned before you and before heaven. And so this is what the condition that we're in today. Leviticus 26, verses 40 and 42. Leviticus 26, verses 40 and 42. And it reads, If they will confess their iniquity and the iniquities of their fathers with their treachery, which they acted treacherously against me, and that also they have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If then their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they then accept the punishment of their iniquity, then I shall remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac. And I shall also remember my covenant with Abraham and I shall remember the land, the lands we have been scattered to never quite feel like home. They have become places of affliction, at times feeling like a prison cell. If we were to look over back into Deuteronomy 28 and look at verse 65, and I'll begin to read it. And then it says, and among these nations, you will find no rest. Neither will the sole of your foot have rest, but there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes and sorrow of mind. My goodness, is that not the condition of many of us? A, a trembling heart, the failing of eyes and the sorrow of mind. And your life will hang in doubt before you and you will fear night and day and will have no assurance of life. How many of us fear when we're pulled over by the police? You know, we're, we're just doubtful about the next day. So many people are so depressed and discouraged in the land of captivity. Amen. It's being spoken of. This stuff is written. It's written. Our whole condition and situation is talking about us. Other ethnic groups or immigrants will even do better than us. Deuteronomy 28 verses 43 and 44. The stranger who is among you will get up very high above you and you will come down very low. He will lend to you and you will not lend to him. He will be the head and you will be the tail. How many of us see other groups come along and seem to do better than us? They seem to prosper. They seem to come up. They come into our communities. They set up businesses in our communities. We don't even own the businesses and other groups do. This is a part of what the Lord spoke of, what, what happened to Israel as she what transgressed against his commandments. Being negatively stereotyped. Why are black people worldwide so negatively stereotyped? Deuteronomy 28 and verse 37. And you will, you will become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword. Okay, a proverb and a byword. Basically, a byword is a negative stereotype among all the peoples where the Lord will lead you. Oppression, Deuteronomy 28, verse 33. A nation which you do not know will eat up the fruit of your land and all your labors, and you will be only oppressed and crushed always 
biblical lands of captivity. This is what Brazil, America, the Caribbean, South America, all these lands we've been scattered to have become biblical, biblical lands of captivity. Nehemiah um, chapter 4, verse 4. Now I pray that you're gleaning something from this and that we're seeing the present condition. Nehemiah 4 and 4. Because this is all about regaining the right identity in the Messiah. Hear, O our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. So these are biblical lands of captivity. You always hear the Lord talking about turning again the captivity or the lands of captivity that Israel would be driven into. These are captive lands, and that's why they feel so oppressive amen but we don't feel like there's any connection to them because it's not our true inheritance amen let's look over at daniel chapter 9 verse 11 it reads this yet all yes all israel has transgressed your torah or your law even by departing so they did not obey your voice therefore the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the teachings of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And then Galatians 3.13 says something very powerful. Galatians 3.13 talks about Christ has redeemed us from what? The curse of the law. And so Daniel talks about the curse being poured out upon us. Why? From the transgression of your law, the transgression of of your Torah. So in Galatians, I really believe that Paul is making a reference to Deuteronomy 28, that the Gentiles he was talking to in Galatia were the scattered sheep of the house of Israel. Peter even writes to Galatians, says to the scattered. He even writes to the scattered sheep of the house of Israel. And he's saying, well, Christ is the one that can redeem you out of these troubles. He can bring this out of you. Why? Because he will put in your heart and your mind his Torah. He said, I'll give you a new heart and a new mind. I'll put my spirit and I will also write my law, my Torah upon your heart. But if the prodigal son, but if like the prodigal son, we return back to the father, he will liberate us from captivity. If you look at Luke chapter four, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and to the poor there is really to the repentant he has sent me to preach release to captives you hear that he has sent me to preach release to the captives in other words he's coming to set those who are captive and bound in the lands of captivity free he is sent to free us to liberate us from this place of bondage of disobedience and disconnect from our heavenly father and from the covenant Deuteronomy 30 verses 1 through 5. And I think this will be the last verses, passages that we'll read. Then we'll pick up again next week and I'll conclude this entire series. And it will be when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and will, you will call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you. And return to the Lord your God and will obey his voice according to all that I command you this day. 
you and your children with all your heart and with all your being. Then the Lord your God will turn your captivity and have compassion upon you, and I will return and gather you from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If you are driven out to the uttermost of heaven, the Lord your God will gather you from there, and he will fetch you from there. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you will possess it. And he will do good for you and multiply you above your fathers. And I'm going to close out with Psalms 126 and verse 1. When the Lord turned back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Amen. The Lord can still do great and mighty things for us. It's also written in his word that we will return back to him with all our heart, all our soul and mind. That we would rejoice in the joy of our salvation and he would turn again our captivity. Amen. Glory to the Most High. We praise your name, Adonai. We thank you, Father, once again for shedding light and opening up your word, helping to restore us, your prodigal sons and daughters, back into the presence of the Heavenly Father. In the mighty name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Take care. Shalom and blessings to you. Amen. Amen.